Welcome to Deck Trek. I'm Ben Kirchink and uh, I don't I don't really have anything planned. Whoops. Uh, anyways, we've got a deck and Trek is gonna fix it and make it winnable. Yeah, I mean that 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 intro really. I mean, you just discarded that intro yeah. right into the bin. I wonder if that's thematic. Yeah, it was a. Uh, is I don't know. I thought I'd I thought I'd think of something on the spot, but I didn't. Uh, <laughs> I just I just have bad instincts. Like the name of your deck. Whoa! Yeah, plot twist. This is all planned. I'm a genius. Uh, yeah, <laughs> this week I've brought the ba the deck bad instincts. Um, it's a bad deck. No, I'm kidding. It's fantastic. I, I actually mean, really like this if deck. If you play this deck, you will win 100% of the decks you play against only land decks. Yep. That, yep. That's the Ben Kirchhain guarantee. Yep. Because uh, you can't have a land as your commander. Exactly. Wait. Is it's Akshaya, a legendary land. Is Akshaya Soul of the Wild? Is she a legendary creature? Because if so, she counts herself as a land when she's on the battlefield. Oh my gosh. <laughs> I don't think she is. I don't think she is. No. no Anyways. <laughs> you can just have a legendary land. Easy. Trust me, Trek. I'm on the rules committee. Anyways. <laughs> uh, back to the deck. Uh, this week's commander is Neheb the Worthy. Uh, which is just an epic name. Oh, Fantastic yeah. name, epic picture. Man's got a spear; it's on fire. Can we, like, you know how we go by Trek and Ben on this podcast? Yeah. Can we start <laughs> giving ourselves titles? Yeah, like, like the worthy. Yeah, Ben the worthy. Like that'd be awesome. <laughs> yeah, there's. I mean, there's a. I think there's two other copies of Neheb. He's got a little uh, Amonkhet story arc because that's where he's from. Yeah. Um, it it's pretty cool. I think he came back as a. Uh, as a servant for Nicobolus. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And uh, was undead and stuff. And he was pretty cool. That's cool. Yeah. Anyways, anyway. just a little lore background on the commander. Anyways, yeah. Uh, I think this is actually technically the first of the three cards. <clears throat> oh. Yeah, I'm a cool guy like that. I know lo I know MTG lore somewhat. Uh, <laughs> anyways, uh, Neheb the Worthy. You can cut all that if you want, Trek. Uh, there's, he costs one, a black, and a red. He's a Rakdos commander. He's legendary creature. Shocker. Uh, he's a Minotaur warrior. He has first strike, and other Minotaurs you control have first strike, which Will is that a matter? great ability. It won't really matter. No. I think there's like three or four other Minotaurs in the deck, which I did include because I'm like, you know what? They have first strike now. Um, <laughs> but they also did other stuff that fit with the rest of the deck. And I'm like, yeah. you know what? If they can synergize with the stuff that's already here, might as well use it. Yeah. Um, and yeah, as long as you have one or fewer cards in your hand, Minotaurs you control get plus two, plus zero. And whenever Neheb the Worthy deals combat damage to a player, each player discards a card. So Ben, why is this deck called Bad Instincts? Uh, because a lot of it is impulsive card draw. Uh, a lot of it's impulsive card draw. A lot Just of it. exiling is. and having to play it that turn. Um... Now, the reason that that's a lot of what this deck does is because it's mainly focused around that second ability, he, a third of the ability, I guess, he has there. As long as you have one or fewer cards in your hand. Um, and so this is a hellbent deck. <laughs> what it wants to do is have no cards in hand when it plays. Um, and I saw a post on Reddit, and it was like, what would be the benefit of playing a Hellbent deck? And I'm like, it doesn't matter. There isn't. It's just fun. It's yeah. funny to play a Hellbent deck. Yeah. 
You're top decking the entire time. You're impulsive card drop the entire time. You have no responses because you don't have anything in your hand. Easy. I mean, you could do in response, I'm going to top deck and see what I get. Yeah. <laughs> Which is funny. That is kind of funny. <laughs> oh, God. Yeah. But I wanted to make a Hellbent deck specifically to spite the one Reddit user. Just kidding. <laughs> uh, I, I found that comment after I had, when I was searching for cards to make this deck. Um, I, I was actually playing with our friend Nick, and I, we were playing and we were doing like an Amoncat draft. Oh yeah. Uh, and we uh, and I just happened to draw a bunch of Hellbent cards and I'm like this is a mechanic. This is insane. I need this. I'm always out of cards, so I'm gonna embellish it. Not embellish, embrace it. That's what I meant. I know English and MTG lore. It's epic. <laughs> The now two, the two qualities you need to be on this podcast you need to know a little mtg lore and english well the third quality is what we're putting to the test today can i make a deck <laughs> um, and well let's look at some of the uh, epic cards that i put in here to see if i can in fact make a deck um i mean pretty epic cards in here I've there are there are some pretty good cards in here and it, it's it's not incredibly expensive no um Oh, Wait, do you mean mana value-wise or price-wise? Price-wise? I think mana value-wise is kind of... Yeah. Mana value is 3.5. Price-wise, it's like 400 bucks. <laughs> it says 200 for me, so... Oh, maybe I, maybe I added some really expensive cards. Yikes. Okay. Oh, no, yes, I totally did. <laughs> you know what's great about the mana value being so high of the average deck, though? Of the, like, the average mana value being so high? What? You're only going to be playing one card per turn anyways. <laughs> that is... Okay. You're just top deck. I mean, fair enough. <laughs> Uh, that's not entirely true. Anyways, uh, let's look at some fun Well, I guess, I guess, okay. We're, we talked about impulsive card draw. So the so the way that this deck stays in the game, because normally you want to be drawing cards to stay in the game so you can respond, you can actually, you know, play your deck. The way that this deck does it specifically is with what we call impulsive card draw, where you exile the top card of your library and then you can play it this turn. That's what we're talking about when we're talking about impulsive card draw. And so that is how you don't have cards in hand, but you're still able to play a bunch of cards. Yeah. So just thought I'd get that out there. Yeah. Yeah. Thank you for that. Yeah. Um, yeah. There's, uh, there's some, there's some, there's a lot of discard synergies in here, uh, specifically to discard your own hand. Um, there's some to make other people discard, but not too much. Uh, but yeah, whatever. Um, yeah, one of the uh, one of the funny funny cards. Uh, this is just one of the first ones that I found on here. Uh, is Contaminant Construct? I think it's pretty cool. Oh yeah. Whenever you discard a card, you may exile that card from your graveyard. If you do, you may play it that turn. Right. So remember how we said that we need to be able to speak English to be on the podcast? Yeah, I know. I just butchered a couple of those words. I'm gonna do, try do, it again. Do you know that it's Containment? What did I say? Contaminant. <laughs> I said containment. Interesting. <laughs> well, we're... If next week I'm not here, you know why. I've been <laughs> kicked off. I've been fired by myself. Um, <laughs> I was going to say, who can fire you? <laughs> I can. I'm the owner of this deck. I don't know what I'm saying. <laughs> please, please, for the love of, this, for the love of Nicobolus. Cut that part out of this. <laughs> Anyways. Anyways. Trek definitely just cut to this point. Um, yes, containment construct. 
artifact creature construct. Whenever you discard a card, you may exile that card from your graveyard. If you do, you may play that card this turn. He's a 2-1 for 2 mana. That's pretty good. He's pretty good because a lot of impulsive card draw or uh, less impulsive card draw or like looting cards where you draw two, discard two, um, that works really well with them because yeah. instead of discarding, you just put him into a secondary hand, which can only be played this turn. Um, so yeah, he's he's pretty cool. Um, again, sort of with I guess I'm starting with discard synergies here. Um, waste not. Waste Not oh, is a so fantastic good. card, rightfully so. It's 16 bucks. Yeah, um, it's so good, It's though. so good. It's one and a black. Uh, it's an enchantment. Whenever an opponent discards a creature card, create a 2-2 two, two black zombie creature token. Whenever an opponent discards a land card, add two black mana to your mana pool. Whenever an opponent discards a non-creature, non-land card, draw a card. Beautiful. Yeah. Beautiful. No matter what they discard, it's bad for them. Yeah. Well, it's good for you. Yeah. I mean, well, I discarding, that's yeah, that's bad for you. Unless you want to. Yeah. Um, which... And I mean, although we're not trying to draw cards, having some cards in hand is not a bad thing. Yeah. Yeah. Because here, here's the thing. I'm like, I want to make a Hellbent deck, but there are not that many Hellbent cards. No. Shockingly, it is not a popular mechanic. <laughs> really? Wow. I Especially think... in Commander. Yeah. Uh, I think it. I think it'd be fair to throw like one hellbent deck, one hellbent card in in any deck, just because at one point if you're out of cards, but you got that card on the battlefield in that very specific situation, you get a bonus. Congratulations. Uh, also, Neheb. The interesting thing about him is he doesn't necessarily have to be hellbent. Anyways, sorry. Hellbent specifically says if you have no cards in hand, such and such effect happens. Yeah. So it, basically, if that is the only card in hand at the time of casting. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, but like, if there's a like a lot of the ones that I saw were on creatures, right? Yeah. So it's like, yeah, this creature gets plus like Neheb. He has plus two, plus zero. If you have one or no one or less cards in your hand, or like Tragic Fall, which is target creature gets minus three, minus three until end of turn. But if you have Hellbent, which means you have no cards in hand, uh, that creature gets minus thirteen, minus thirteen until yeah. end of turn instead. Yeah. yeah, yeah. So it's just it's things like that. But yeah, the nice thing about Neheb is even if you have one card in your hand, you still get his Hellbent effect. Yeah, um, which is is very nice. Um, another classic coming back for this episode is Arcane Bombardment. Oh yeah, yeah. Just because you know a lot of your cards are gonna get pitched into the graveyard. Yeah. So cast them anyway. Cast them back. Um, yeah, it's, it's not a bad not a bad thing to do. Some would say Arcane Bombardment is a good card. Uh, I don't think so. Okay. Anyways, <laughs> uh, uh, here's a card. It's a, it's a funny one. Uh, Bergy, God of Storytelling. Nah. Uh, whenever you cast a spell, add red uh, until end... One red until end of turn. You don't lose mana as steps and phases end. Creatures you control can boast twice during each of their turns rather than once. Okay, whatever. Uh, she's a 2-1 for a 3-3 three, three legendary creature god um honestly in this deck we're more focused on the back side of yeah. it yeah uh where it's horn fell horn of bounty four and a red for a legendary artifact discard a card exile the top two cards of of your library you may play those cards this turn so this is epic you discard That's one really good. and you impulsively draw two uh yeah. so it is netting you one card and then also, if you have if you containment really... construct 
Then you have three cards in exile that you can cast. Oh, this turn. that is true. Yep. I also like the fact because you're so hell bent on getting hell bent that if you needed to, you could discard your entire hand to this. Yes, because yeah, yeah it's just a, it's just a an activated ability where it just costs you to like discard, discard a card. A card right? Yeah. So you could yeah you could sack your entire hand, have fourteen cards if you had seven yeah. in your hand. Um, well, fourteen in exile, and if you had containment construct, you have. 14, 21. Yeah, twenty-one cards. Good, good math, track. Well, I was gonna say four. I was gonna say fourteen with the horn, and then seven with the. Yeah. But yes. Right, and then yeah, you can just cast them. And yeah. the nice thing about a lot of the impulsive card draw cards is that they're not linked. Like they're not exiled with that card, right? So yeah. you don't need to have that card on the battlefield to still cast the card, right? Because yeah. then people can get tricky and remove it before you cast it or whatever. And exactly. So like, if dumb. someone went to remove the. Harnfeld, Horn of Bounty, you could, in response, sack it. L sorry, not sack it, but discard cards. Yeah. Then it dies, but you're still able to play you're all You're still your able to play cards. all the cards. Rather than, like, I know there's a lot of Planeswalkers that say, or, like, Arcane Bombardment's a great example, where Exiles with Arcane Bombardment. Yeah. Right, so then you cast it with Arcane Bombardment, right? You don't there's need lots to worry of different about Exile that. zones that you yeah. have to worry about. Yeah. Oh well. I mean, yeah, just put, the, put them under the card if it's specific. If not, then just have, like, I can play these at any point and they're in exile and these ones i can play this turn while they're in exile or or with a really good card in this deck and honestly just really good card all around prosper tome bound where you can play them until your next turn so prosper tome bound uh -huh. is two a black and a red for a legendary tiefling warlock he's a one four with death touch but he has mystic arcanum at the beginning of your end step exile the top card of your library until the end of your next turn you may play that card then it also has packed boon when you play a card from Exile, create a treasure token. Yeah, no, that is... Prosper is a fantastic card. I don't know anyone... Uh, if anyone doesn't know that, you've probably never heard of this card before. Yeah. <laughs> because good. as soon as you look at this card, you know that's a good card. It's, uh, it's, it's a little bit like being the monarch every turn. It really is. In like a, a kind of a weird it way. It really is. And then, yeah, when you play that card... You, you also get a mana. You get a mana, yeah. Yeah. Hmm. Yeah. Huh. And I like the fact that it's until the end of your next turn. So it's not even just like, ah, you have to be exiling instance and sort or instance with it, right? So no. that you can play it or like have a Vidalcan Orrery out. You can just, if you can play it on someone else's turn, great. If you can't, too bad. The one downside to playing Hellbent and Impulsive Card Draw is the fact everyone sees all of your cards all the time. <laughs> And if you're not able to play them, they get stuck in exile. Yes. Uh, yes. <laughs> so sometimes it creates a little mini game where you're just like, hmm, how can I get more mana so that I can play every card every turn? Uh, I, I honestly, Prosper is a good way to do that, though. Because he creates so much mana. Yeah. And you're basically only casting spells from exile. Yeah. So, yeah. yeah. <laughs> like, the only things you aren't doing from exile are when you top deck land on the top of your turn. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Uh, yeah, he yeah, Exa uh, Prosper is a great one. Um, well, I think we should talk about this one now, because this one might get people upsetty spaghetti. It's oh, the one yeah. from the unset. Yeah. So I personally don't think a lot of the cards that were legalized in the most recent unset, Infinity, Infinity, I don't think they should be eternal legal. I think Infinity should be its own thing. Sure, there are some cards that just, like, could have been printed as a normal set. Well, I think some of them are just 
don't know. I like it. Well, it, it feels weird. Yeah, that's fair. But sucks to suck. Anyways, we have <laughs> Megar of the Magic Strings. He's one black and a red. He's a legendary creature. He's a minotaur performer, so he synergizes uh, <laughs> with uh, with Neheb. Because um, he's a minotaur. Um, and then he he's a 3-3, three, three, and he has four, one, a black and a red. Note the name of target instance or sorcery card in your graveyard, which you'll have a lot of cards there, and put it into the battlefield face down. It's a 3-3 creature with whenever this creature deals combat damage to a player, you may create a copy of that card with the noted name. You may cast the copy without paying its mana cost. And if this creature would leave the battlefield, exile it instead of putting it anywhere else. And it is legal because it doesn't have an acorn on. Which Uh, I still think is... Um, they should have kept with the silver border. <laughs> yeah, it's a it's a funky card. <laughs> anyway, yeah, this card's funky. A lot of the stuff that gets stuff out of your graveyard is great. And you'll see with my inns, that's what I went with. I went with put good things in the graveyard, use and abuse it. <laughs> yeah, I, I more went with throw things in the gar- in the graveyard and Trek can get them back. Yep. <laughs> yep. <laughs> yeah, this is one of the few exceptions to it where... You know, it's some graveyard recursion, but it's it's a good card. Um, uh, uh, it puts in some work. Here's another fun one that I, I really like. Uh, Hitetsugu Devouring Chaos. He's three and a black oh, yes. for a 4-4 four, four Ogre Demon. But he has pay a black and sacrifice a creature you scry to. Whatever. Don't care. But he has two and a red. Tap him and exile the top card of your library. You may play that card this turn. When you exile a non-land card this way, Hitetsugu Devouring Chaos deals damage equal to the exiled's card mana value to any target. I'm so glad that you like this card, Trek, because this, I think he's funny. this is a pet card of mine. You don't know this at all, but I opened this, uh, I opened this, got a foil version of him. Like, when I bought, I think it was in, like, the first Kamigawa pack I ever opened. And I was just like, dang. In Kamigawa Neon Dynasty, and like I'm like, dang, this is this is a cool card. But he didn't. I, at the time, I only had a Dina Soul Steeper deck. Yeah. And I was just like, man, it's red. I want to put this. I want to put this in Dina. I want to put this in Dina, mainly for the scrying ability. But I'm like, it's red. I can't do it. It doesn't fit the commander's identity. And so I've been, I've been waiting and praying so long just wanting to put him in the deck just wanting to put him in the deck and now he's here he's and in. you like him he I fits. Do. he's so good he fits. oh he's fantastic i wouldn't say he's so good no but he's funny he's funny he's funny he's, he's great uh he exiles cards and can deal damage yeah there's a lot of funny you got some funny cards in yeah uh, a sort of similar idea um is from a fairly recent set uh two Two and a red for Tavern Brawler. It's ah. a background. Uh, and it get, says, Commander creature you own, uh, Commander creatures you own have, at the beginning of your upkeep, exile the top card of your library. This creature gets plus X plus zero until the end of turn, where X is that card's mana value. You may play that card this turn. So it doesn't deal damage. But your commander does have first strike. But it makes your commander bigger, mm-hmm. um, equal to the mana value, which again is fairly high in this deck. Yeah. Uh, so it's not a, about to make it way higher. Yeah, it's gonna. I think that card is is really funny. Uh, yeah, 
Yeah, especially with this commander, which, if you're hellbent, gives himself... Yeah, yeah, gives himself plus two, plus zero. Then this would give him an extra. It, it's like an alternate win-con of yeah. Voltron. See, uh. okay. What, okay, looking at these cards, most of the cards I wanted to take out are the ones that have hellbent. Because they're the ones that are really bad. Yeah, I know. That's the funny but, but the thing is, it. but like, that's not what the podcast's about. Okay. I kept all the hellbent in the deck. Yes, good. One of the hellbent cards. We're finally getting to these. Uh, and I'm sure I'll go back to some of the other categories. But one of the hellbent cards, this one, I think is really funny. I like it. Um, is Taste for Mayhem. Oh, my God. It's one red, an enchantment aura. Enchant creature. Enchanted creature gets plus two plus zero. Enchanted creature uh, then has hellbent. Enchanted creature gets an additional plus two plus zero as long as you have no cards in hand. It's... And it's an enchantment. It's great. So if you so have no gone. cards in hand, if you have no cards in hand and this is attached to the head, that's plus six plus zero. Yeah. Plus his base two two power. Yeah. Yeah. It's funny. That is kind of funny. <laughs> it's yeah, pretty, no, it's pretty right? funny. Like that, I, th I think out of all the Hellbent decks, uh, the cards, that's probably one of the better ones. Can I also say that you've made a deck where for the first time I'm not going to tell you to put more card draw in it? Yeah, yeah. yeah. You're probably going to take out some of the impulsive card draw, right? I took out some of the impulsive card draw, yeah. Yeah. Oh, God. Uh, yeah, let's, let's see. What's some other good ones? Um... Uh... I got another good one. Yeah, for sure. Uh, yes, no, Nafelsheeny. No, na yeah, whatever that Nafelsheeny. is. Nafelsheeny, he's all. He's five and a red for a beast demon, four, six with flying. And he has, whenever you cast a spell from exile, copy it. You may choose new targets for the copy. If it's a permanent spell, it gains haste. And at the beginning of the next, sorry, at the beginning of the end step, sacrifice this permanent. So, because you're basically only casting things from exile you get double whatever you're casting yeah all the time all the time for everything for everything it's, oh it's me i mean like it it sacrifices at the end step if it's if a it's permanent, permanent but you got you have but the thing like, is 20 instants and sorceries -ish. yeah yeah like there, there's not a lack of instants and sorceries in the deck because i mean i mean there could be more yeah um but it, like it wasn't the main focus of the deck. But I had Arcane Bombardment in there, and so I I, I definitely wanted to have a. Few but like, more, imagine right? getting this with a Tali. Oh yeah, no, I've done that before. Because Nafoshi, Naf, whatever the demon will, he will copy all the things you cast with a Tali. Yes. Because they puts them in exile. Yes. Anything that you yeah. exile. Oh, it's so good. It's so, so good. good. This card, yeah, I have it in one of my other exile decks, and it. It gets so crazy so quickly. Yeah. Because you play one card and you're like, okay, this is a good card. But when you when, when you when you exile a ramp card, and then like I have it in a in a gruel deck, and so uh, when I play a nature's lore and I pay two mana to get two untapped mana, that's pretty nice. That's fantastic. That's pretty nice. <laughs> Honestly, yeah. even like a cultivate, two on the battlefield and two in hand. That's amazing. That's yeah. that's amazing. No, I, I just yeah. There's there's some crazy good combos that can go off with him. Uh, he is a fantastic card. Absolutely. Uh, probably one of the best in this deck. Oh yeah. I, I'm gonna go out and say it. Uh, one, no one that is not one of the best cards in the deck, but it has Hellbent. 
Rakdos Pit Dragon. I wanted to remove this. <laughs> I know. So I badly. thought about removing this one, but I'm like, it's got Hellbent. I, I need more Hellbent cards in here. Uh, so it's <laughs> two and two red for a creature dragon. For two red, Rakdos Pit Dragon gains flying until the end of turn. It's a dragon that doesn't just base have flying. It's a four mana three three that does not have flying as a base cost as a base ability. No. No. Uh, and then for one red. Rakdos Pit Dragon gets plus one, plus zero to the end of turn. So it does have fire breathing. Yeah, nice. fire breathing, yeah. And then it has Hellbent. This is where it really shines. <laughs> uh, I mean, with the... It, it's, it's, it's not, not bad. bad. It's, it's not, not bad, bad with the fire breathing. Yeah. Uh, Hellbent. Rakdos Pit Dragon has double strike as long as you have no cards in hand. Wait, that's not bad. That's not bad. If it had base flying, if you didn't have to give it flying, yeah. I would... I would say this is a pretty good card in the deck. Yeah. But it doesn't, and so I no. wanted to remove it. <laughs> That's fair. Uh, the nice thing about it, though, is the fact that it's not, like, the with the fire breathing, it's one mana that you have to pay every single time you want to give it 1-1. One, one, yeah. Because right? uh, that's just how fire, fire breathing, breathing works. Um, right, plus one, plus zero. Um, but, but flying is just something that you have to do once. But, that is I mean, true. to make it a flying creature... You do have to pay six mana on the turn it comes in. But, I mean, it doesn't have haste, so whatever. Yeah. Uh, right? Still. So, it, it's kind of like a delayed cost and an accumulative upkeep. I know how much you love cumulative upkeep. Oh, you right? you know I love it. You know. Uh, <laughs> uh yeah. Uh, oh, a funny card. Funny card. Funny card here. Sire of Insanity. Uh, it's four, a black and a red. It's a 6-4 demon creature. Nah. At the beginning of each end step, each player discards his or her hand. It's, you don't even have to attack. It just sits there. It just sits there yeah. as a 6-4. Yeah. I love, like, because, I mean, there's a Nyx Bloom Ancient. He's a similar thing where he just has a static effect. He's got trample. He's, I think, like a 5-3, so he's not small. No. But you never attack with him. Yeah. Right? Wait, wait, Nyx Bloom Ancient? That's the one that does triple mana, Triple right? mana, yeah. That's a 5-5 five five with trample. Oh, yeah, it's a 5-5, five five. yeah. yeah. I mean, with trample. So Are you ever going to swing in with a 5-5? No! no! Which is stupid. You should always be swinging with a 5-5 five five with trample. Uh, those cards are just funny. Anyways, this is another funny card where it sits there, has a great effect, and you can swing with it if you want. It's a 6-4. Well, it's, it's a great effect for you. Yeah, yeah. No, oh, but it's just such a funny card. Um, also, I know you put this card in just for me. Null Brooch? It's oh four colorless for an artifact, and you pay to tap it, discard your hand, counter target non-creature spell, play this ability as an as an instant or an interrupt. It's so funny. That's funny. Honestly, mainly just because you know, like you know, you're like, what? What do you want to do? You want to? You're gonna want to counter cards, and you want to have a reaction. If you have no cards in hand, can you discard yeah. your you hand? You just discard your hand and just pay two to counter a spell, and tap it. I like that. Right? I like that. I like, like that. It's a funny card when you first look at it. You're like, ah, it's kind of dumb. But the more you think about it, it's kind of it's kind of good. good. Um, because well, sorry, it's not good in this deck. It's kind of good. Yeah, in this deck, it's kind. It is a two dollar card. Really? Yeah. I mean, part of that might just be because it never got reprinted. Yeah. <laughs> but yeah, like two mana to discard your hand. If that's if if that's what you need to do. That's fantastic. And you get a counter off of it? Perfect. Yeah. Uh, another one that's right underneath it on my screen is Oracle's Vault. Yes. It is 
four colorless again for an artifact. You can pay two and tap it to exile the top card of your library. Until your next turn, you may play that card. And then you put a brick counter on it. Then it has just tap, so you don't have to pay anything. You just tap and exile the top card of your library. Until end of turn, you may play that card without paying its mana cost. Activate only if there are three or more brick counters on Oracle's Vault. So as long as you do the first ability three times, which is what you're trying to do anyway, yeah. you can start playing cards from the top of your library for free. You know what's great about that too, though? If you don't care, if you just are like, whatever, I just want to start playing cards for free, you just pay two mana, tap the card, exile it. You don't need to play the card to put a brick counter on it. Yeah. It just puts a brick counter on it. So after you've done that three times, at most, like if you pay six mana, perma-exile three cards, then you can start casting things for free. Yep. Absolutely. But you could get the value off of those cards. Yeah, you could. If you wanted. Right? I was thinking of putting scry machines in your deck to like yeah. help with that, but that eh, can't be bothered. Honestly. You'd have to do so much scrying in this deck to make it worth it. Honestly, a lens of clarity would probably be good. One mana and you just get to look at the top a card. card? Of your deck. Yeah. It, like, it, it works well with Impulsive Card Draw just because you can look at the top card and you can be like, ooh, I can discard a card. I can pay mana to exile this. Is it worth it? Do I have enough mana to cast this card? Yeah. Is it a land to have already played a land per turn? Which, yeah. with Impulsive Card Draw, I've learned this the hard way. You do not want to play a land until yeah. you are done your turn. Yes. <laughs> because if you exile a land, that sucks. It does. And I guess yeah. with Oracle's Vault... Because you can do it at instant speed. Yes. You could see on the top of your deck an instant, right? Yeah. And then you could pay two and tap it to put the big brick counter on and be able to play that card and exactly. do an interaction. Or if it's a land and maybe you have enough lands, you can wait until the end of someone's turn and then just do it, exile it. It becomes your turn again. Then you can do it again. Yeah. And put the last yeah. brick counter on. I mean, yeah. <laughs> Obviously, I know why this is there. Uh, yeah. But having to tap it is unfortunate. <laughs> That is like true. for that ability. If it was paid to an exile, and then like if you tapped it, you could cast it without paying its mana cost. I think that'd be cool, but it would it'd probably be way too broken. Absolutely, uh, but but yeah, I mean, yeah. yeah. If you have ways to untap it, is is pretty good. Oh, cat. <laughs> um, yeah, it, it's a good card, and I this is one that I recently picked up in a bulk rare pack. I um, knew it. Yeah. I knew it. <laughs> yeah. The funny thing is, uh, yeah, I think it was reprinted in New Capenna. It was. Uh, I'm pretty sure it's in your... It was in the pre-con for yours, no, wasn't it? No, no. Then which I don't New know. Capenna pre-con is it in? I don't know. Uh, but it is in my Exile deck. <laughs> As it should be. Yep. Uh, another one that's in that deck and is pretty good is Wild Magic Sorcerer. Oh, yeah. Uh, three in a red. Orc Shaman. Uh... He's a 4-3, doesn't matter. Again, one of those creatures that just sits there and has a static effect. This, The first spell you cast from exile each turn has Cascade. Yeah, that's pretty which good. Which is just, yeah, it's just, it's so nice. It's so funny. It's, it's so, very nice. Yeah. Because, I mean, if you're exiling things, I know ca like Cascade isn't a big theme in here. I threw a few Cascade cards in there because Cascade is just so much fun. I it's, like Cascade. It's fun. And it's also when you don't have cards at hand, it's way to play cards. Yes. It plays two cards for the price of one. Exactly. Like, Cascade is almost always worth it. If you can cast a Cascade card, you probably should cast yeah. a Cascade card. Yeah, yeah. absolutely agreed. Uh, 
that was like the trick of this deck is trying to find ways to simulate having cards in your hand. Though you don't have control of what you do all the time, at least you're doing something. But I mean, isn't that just Rakdos and Spirit? It's just not having control of your deck and it just does things. Yeah. And sometimes you win. Sometimes you win. Yeah. Speaking of that, that's something I put in your deck. Oh, how to win? Yeah. Oh, interesting. Anyways, first one more thing. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, yeah. I, we could probably move on, but I just want to mention this card, fan-freaking-tastic. I know it was kind of glossed over when it first came out fairly recently, and then we were like, wait a second, this is a good card. Delayed Blast Fireball. Yeah. It is so good. Uh, it's one and two red. It's an instant. Delayed Blast Fireball deals two damage to each opponent and each creature they control. If this spell was cast from exile... It deals five damage to each opponent uh, and each creature they control instead. And then as a foretell, as foretell four, uh, four and two red. Uh, and foretell, you pay two colorless and it goes into exile. And on another turn, then you can cast that spell. Yeah. Um, but the great thing is, if you impulsively card draw it, and you cast it from exile. Oh, it only cares about being cast but from exile. Yes. You pay three mana, and it deals five damage to each opponent and creature they control. That's so good. Now, if you cast it from exile, and you have Nefoshin out, whatever his name is, you're it dealing seven <gasps> damage. Wait, why seven? Because oh, it copies Oh, because the copy, Right, so the yeah. copy will only do two damage to everything. But yeah. still, it does two damage to everything for free. And then you get five damage from everything for casting it originally from exile. So that's seven damage to everything, including opponents. Yeah. That's almost a quarter of their life just gone for three mana. That's it's, good. It's on par with Blasphemous Act. Yeah. Also, yeah. you could get that under Arcane Bombardment. Yes, you could. The thing is, though, then it'd be casting for two every time because Arcane Bombardment Still. isn't casting from exile. But yeah, two... Do every time to each creature, so no one can play any creature below that is two mana. No, below two power. Two power. Sorry, yeah. sorry, two toughness. Yeah, Cre yeah. Token decks just shut off. Yeah, yeah. Absolutely. Wow. That's yeah. No, you're right. That's it's a such really a good, good card. card. Like, and people can look at it and be like, ah, yeah, it's good. But like, it's such a good card. Yeah. yeah. Wow. That is great. Yeah. Well. Are you ready for... Uh, do you want to do some more great cards or some cards I didn't think were that great? Uh, I'd be good with uh, some cards you thought were, were not so great. Not so great? All right. These, my first two are really not exciting. So one of the things I did was I noticed you had a lot of impulsive card draw, which is good. It's exactly what your deck wants, but there was so much. Yeah. I think I counted at a certain point it's possible for you to uh, be exiling about 15 cards if you had all of your uh, impulsive card draw, which is a little more than what you're probably able to cast. So I took some of it out. First thing I took out was Spike Field Hazard. It's one red <laughs> and it deals one damage to any target. And if a permanent dealt damage this way would die, exile it instead. And then on the back, it's a land. Why? <laughs> <laughs> Literally why I, in your deck? I don't know. All right. Great. Well, it's gone now. Um, here's the next one. I think I just thought basic lands were too boring. Uh, okay, fair enough. Uh, for one and a red, you can get Abbot of Carol Keep. It has prowess, and whenever it enters the battlefield, exile the top card of your library until end of turn. You may play that card. 
Uh, I was just thinking, you've already played two, paid two mana for this, um, and you're only getting a single use out of it, and the prowess doesn't really do much in your deck. Yeah. So I removed it. Yeah, that's fair. 100%. Here's the next one, a braid. A braid's a good card. Uh, it is one and a red. You can choose either to deal three damage to target creature or destroy target artifact. Really? I just didn't think it was a necessary thing in your deck. Really? The, the dealing three damage is probably what you're going to want to do more of the time. Yeah. Um, See, honestly, with a lot of the instants and sorceries, what I was thinking was just, like, finding cheap cards. Because I don't think they're, oh, like, specifically the instants, I don't think there's one over three mana. No. Right? Just because, like... If you, you like those are the kind of cards you want to be impulsively card drawing because then you can almost always play them. Right? Yeah, cheap cards are great. I just wasn't sure stuff. if this is something your deck needs to be doing. That's fair. But I can absolutely see keeping it in. It's definitely my my weakest out. Yeah, I mean, removal's great. Removal is great. Uh, here's another one: Brea's Apprentice. For two and a red, you get an artifact creature two three. When Bray's Apprentice enters the battlefield, create a 1-1 one, one colorless Thopter artifact creature token with flying. And then you can tap her and sacrifice an artifact, and you can choose to either exile the top card of your library until the end of next turn you can play it, or target creature gets plus 2, plus 0 until end of turn. Okay, why did I cut this? I think this is the only card that creates artifacts. Yeah, I think I think that was this was one of the first cards that I put in, and I imagined there being a lot more turns. Uh, treasure tokens in the Yeah. Deck. Right, because with treasure tokens, it's not bad. See, like, I could see this being in a Prosper deck. If yeah. there was a way to guarantee getting Prosper out, yeah. then yeah, this yeah. is great. Yeah. yeah. You could sacrifice the treasure, play that card, and then get another treasure. Uh-huh. Yeah. Yeah. That's no, good. It, it's, it's pretty good. It's pretty good. But yeah. Yeah, no. It, with how this deck actually turned out, it can definitely be removed. Uh, Alright. Here's an enchantment. It's one, a black, and a red for an enchantment. It is called Theater of Horrors. Uh-huh. At the beginning of your upkeep, exile the top card of your library. I'm not going to explain why I removed it. Uh, during your turn, if an opponent lost life this turn, you may play lands and cast spells from among those cards exiled the Theater of Horrors. And then you can pay four mana, and it deals one damage to target opponent or player. So, okay, this is card is bad. Okay. <laughs> so your deck doesn't really want to be dealing damage to opponents. Like, I mean, it does, mm-hmm. but it doesn't. Mm-hmm. But it does. But doesn't. That's not the main thing that it does. Sure. So it's entirely possible for you to exile a really good card off of this and then have it trapped under Theater of Horrors. The nice thing is, it's not... Uh, it's not that you can... Uh, it's it's one, one of the things that I like about the card is that it stays there. Like, I mean, it it's stuck under there. Theater yeah. of the Horrors. So if that gets destroyed, then that card's lost. But... As long as a creature, ha- uh, an opponent has taken damage on any turn. No, it has to be during your turn. Does it? Oh, yeah, yeah during your turn. Never mind. Whoops. That, uh, that, that's like, I, I see yeah. using it as a second hand, but then you have to pay four mana to deal one. Da- this is assuming that your game isn't going super great. Yeah. You have to pay four mana and then be able to cast the stuff underneath it. And what you're probably getting are your lightning bolts, your braids. Well, no, a braid doesn't deal damage to player, but. Yeah, yeah. I, I just thought it was a little too conditional. I think that's fair, yeah. And you have uh, so much other, like what I'm going to call free impulsive card draw <laughs> that. I want to keep that. Mm, I found the card that uh, was not legal when I made the deck. Raising oh. Cannonade. Yeah, I got rid of it. Yeah. Uh, for three and a red, whenever an attacking creature you control dies, Raising Cannonade does two damage to each opponent. That's not going to happen in this deck. 
I don't think your creatures are going to be dying while they're attacking much. That's fair, yeah. Uh, but it also is raid. At the beginning of your post-combat main phase, if you attacked with a creature this turn, exile the top card of your library and until end of combat on your next turn, you may play that card. So it is great because you can keep it around for a turn of the table if it's an instant. But you do have a lot of instants, but not that many instants. Yeah. Also, a lot of your creatures love sitting there. And having static effects. Yeah. Like drawing, well not drawing, but exiling cards. Yeah. So I don't think you're actually going to want to get the raid ability off a lot of the time. <laughs> yeah, that's fair. Uh, yeah, again, this one was the main reason for including this card was basically just because it doesn't, like, it has an extended period when you can cast it. Yeah. It's not just during, until the end of your turn. Which a lot of impulsive card draw was. And so I was looking for some cards that were like that that could extend that period of time. Yeah. Yeah. But yeah, no, I definitely get taken it out. What about the Fanatic of Mag... 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 Mogus? 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 Fanatic of Mogus? A Mogus? A Mogus? Bum, 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 bum. Okay, anyway. Uh, three and a red for a Minotaur Shaman. <laughs> He's a Minotaur! So he works. He's in the deck. All right, well, then I won't. <laughs> He's a 4-2, and when he enters the battlefield, it deals damage to each opponent equal to your devotion to red. You do have a lot of red in this deck. Yeah. You dude. do have a lot, but it, but I needed some outs, and uh, he didn't do what the deck wanted to do. That's fair. Bye-bye. Yeah, he was one of the ones where I'm just like, I mean, I've got some Minotaur synergy. I guess I'll throw him in. He was, he was definitely one of the last enters, entries. He was one that you could attack and trigger Brazen Cannonade with. Ah. Uh, <laughs> That's what I was thinking. Yeah, yeah. Definitely, definitely. Uh, I only have one more out. Atali Primal Storm. No way. <laughs> that card is so good. Yep. Uh, Volcanic Torrent. Yeah, okay. Fair enough. Fair yep. Enough. It is four and a red for a sorcery with Cascade. So you Cascade for five. Uh, and it says it... Well, t wow. Volcanic Torrent deals X damage to each creature and Planeswalker your opponents control, where X is the number of spells you cast this turn. This isn't really a storm deck. Yeah. If it was, and I can see it going that way, then I think that this is a fine and dandy card. <laughs> but you're not, because of your constraint of exactly how many cards you can cast each turn, I don't think there'll ever come a moment where this is, like, you know, the board wipe you're hoping for. Yeah, that's fair. Unless you can give your sorcery infect. <laughs> no, it doesn't deal it to players. Never yeah, mind. No. Yeah. Yeah. I just I just don't think it'll have the effect that it's going for. Yeah. And you'll end up casting it for X is equal to 1. Yeah. I mean, well, no, it'll be at least 2 because of the cascade. Mm -hmm. uh... Yeah. The, uh... The one thing that I was thinking, it, it works with Arcane Bombardment, I believe. It does. Right, because those cast the copies. Right? Yes, it is a cast trigger, and so, so it does it's, work. It's pretty cool. Um, <laughs> and and uh, as previously mentioned, if you get delayed Fireball Blast under Arcane Bombardment, and then you trigger Arcane Bombardment, and it uh, it deals delayed Fireball Blast, even if it deals two damage to everything, and then you play Volcanic Torrent, that's at least four damage to everything and you cascade yeah. well no it's not going to be four it's going to be five because x will be equal to three because it counts yes. itself the card it cascades into and whatever is under arcane bombardment yeah 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 
And so, like, there, there definitely are situations where it could be a good card. And I think that this card is pretty cool. Yeah, it's a super um, cool card. But yeah, no, I definitely, I definitely get it not necessarily being exactly what this deck wants to do. But you know what this deck does want to do? What does it want to do, Trek? Well, why don't I tell you about what my ends are? Man, we act like we're so clever every single episode every with single these transitions. Anyway. So, okay, so the main problem I had with the deck is... There's no shock in it. Yeah. Podcast end right now. You didn't put shock in the deck. Uh, so that's my first in. No. Um, how does this deck win? How does it win? No one knows. No one has any cards, so you're the only one playing. So, how do we use and abuse this? That's that's genuinely kind of the win card. Yeah. Yeah. So, I mean, I put in three win cons and then one way to just lightning yourself into the lead. Let, uh, let, let's do the lightning one first. Yeah. It is three black, black, black for a legendary artifact. Guess. Three, three black, 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 black for a legendary artifact. I have it in one of my decks. And whenever I play it, you groan. Uh, I can't think of it. What is it? It's like a big building. It's uh, an elder dragon owns it. Bol, uh, Bolus is Citadel. Bolus is Citadel! <laughs> yes. So you can look at the top card of your library anytime. Citadel of Bolus. No, it's Bolus is Citadel. Bolus, oh yeah, Bolus is Citadel. Yeah. Yes, yes, yes. So you can look at the top card of your library anytime, which you already want to be doing. Yeah. So you know what is good to exile or not. And then you can play the top card of your library, and if you cast a spell this way, you pay life instead of the mana cost. So it's another way to just be like, oh, little thing on my deck boom play it boom play it or or if you don't have enough mana you're like oh i don't actually care if this gets exiled to land on top great i'll use the brick counter get rid of it yeah and then you can keep playing from the top again yeah so you can sort of they, they feed into each other like ooh, this is a good card i want to i want to play this i have the mana i can cast it or ooh, this is not a good card let's just yeah let's just mill it or basically. like you you like you look at the top card and it's a seven CMC thing and you're like, okay, do I want to take seven or maybe you can pay seven by that yeah. point. So you can kind of choose exactly which one you can do. It gives you a little bit more selection, more versatility with how you're casting your spells. I like that. I, yeah. yeah. Also looking at the top card of your library at any point. That's just a great effect. It's a, I like that effect. I'm like, throw an auger of autumn in here. Uh, <laughs> it definitely works. Trust me. Yeah, I yeah. play Commander. I know what I'm talking about. I've got a Commander podcast. So I, <laughs> I think that will actually boost you. I think that I think it's a great card to just kind of rocket you. I mean, yeah, forward. I think that's a great card in any black deck. It really is. Because <laughs> like you don't have any life gain, but eh, who cares? Yeah. Just don't cast Blast in the sack with this, and also don't cast the next card I'm about to tell you about. Portal to Phyrexia. It's a brand new card from Brothers War. It is nine colorless mana. When it enters the battlefield, each opponent sacrifices three creatures. And at the beginning of your upkeep, put target creature card from a graveyard onto the battlefield under your control. It's a Phyrexian in addition to its other types. So your new win con is other people's win cons. Interesting. (laughs) Interesting. Yes. So you use your graveyards and the effects that have people discarding their hands to use Portal to Phyrexia. They're discarding good creatures. Mm -hmm. 
to get those good creatures. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And that that is where I took this deck. Especially with a card like Turgrid, God of Fright. Oh, gosh. Three oh. black black for a legendary creature god. She's a 4-5 with menace. Whenever an opponent sacrifices a non-token permanent or discards a permanent card, you may put that card from the, a graveyard onto the battlefield under your control. Yeah. 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 So you're wheeling away. You're getting your opponents to wheel away. They're discarding cards. You're getting all that good stuff onto the battlefield for free. Mm-mm. It's it's evil. It is evil. It's evil. That's that's but, awful. But what if your opponents are discarding? So what if you discarded some of your best creatures? And it's it's hard to get them back because they're stuck in the graveyard. You don't have that much recursion. What if you just played? <coughs> what if you just played Rise of the, the Dark, Dark Realms? Realms? Yep. For seven black black, put all creatures <coughs> from all graveyards onto the battlefield under your control. Yeah. I mean, uh, that that won't be bad. That would not no, be bad. Except half of your creatures are in exile, so. Yeah, that's Because you couldn't pay for them. Yeah. Uh, but you get all your opponent's stuff that they discarded, and you put them onto the battlefield <laughs> under your control. Yeah. It's great! Yeah, that's that's pretty good. That's pretty good. Yeah. yeah. And I guess I'll, I'll say, like, as a general note, I would add not Wheel of Fortune because it's a $300 card, but wheeling-type effects. I mean, the deck doesn't want to be constantly wheeling because that refills your own hand. Yeah. But at least one or two ways to get things into the graveyard first. Like, if you draw a, an opening hand with a wheel effect, that's pretty good. That's true. That's true. That could be good. Um, as well, I put Reforge the Soul. It has a miracle cost. It's it's three red red normally, but miracle for one on a red, which I just think would be funny if you exiled all these cards and you miracled this. Um each player discards his or her hand, then draws seven cards. It's just another wheel. <clears throat> uh, I think it's funny. All right, I have one more way to kind of use and abuse the graveyard. Mm -hmm. Passed in flames. It is three and a red for a sorcery. Each instant and sorcery in your graveyard gains flashback until end of turn. The flashback cost is equal to its mana cost. So it's just another way. You've discarded all these cards. You can actually use them again. Yeah. Yeah. That's it. Yeah. Uh, but what if you want to get value out of your discarding with Chainer Nightmare Adept yes two Go a black Chainer. and a red for a legendary human minion which we're totally making a minions deck one day of course um, for it's a 3-2 and you can discard a card and you may cast a creature spell from your graveyard this turn activate only once each turn which is a nice way to like you put a good creature in the graveyard earlier you can get it back or you discard a good creature now and you can get it back with like Rise of the Dark Realms or whatever. And then whenever a non-token creature enters the battlefield under your control, if you didn't cast from your hand, it gains haste until your next turn. So you could discard a tally, cast him from your graveyard, give him haste swing in. Pretty nice. Yeah, that's pretty good. That's pretty uh, nice. Yeah. That can do some damage. Yep. Uh, speaking about doing damage, Hazaret, the Fervent, three and a red for a legendary creature god. It is a 5-4 with indestructible and haste. But it can't attack or block unless you have one or fewer cards in hand. Ew. And you can pay two and a red to, and discard a card, and it deals two damage to each opponent. That's yeah. not super important. But, like, if you have no cards in hand, this is just a 5-4 indestructible attacker and blocker. That's amazing. Yeah. That's great. Pretty fun. Yeah. Also say a newer card of the Raven Man. At the beginning oh, yeah. of each end step, if a player discarded a card this turn, you create a 1-1 one, one black bird creature token with flying, and it can't block. It can't block? No, it can't block. 
That's funny. Yeah. Well, uh, yeah. Yeah. Raven Man's kind of like a value engine. Yeah. Yeah, that's fair. But more importantly, I have like, I didn't think of any specific cards, but any card with madness. Yeah. Madness is the ability where when you pitch the card, you can pay its madness. Sorry, when I say pitch, I mean discard. But when you discard the card, you can pay its madness cost to cast it as well as discarding Which it. Which is usually cheaper than, yes. than its regular cost. Yeah. Yes. So, and like this is normally something you see in Anya Falconrath decks because she says whenever you cast a card with uh, madness, you untap her. Yeah. So you can keep discarding and drawing. But I I just think it's a really good effect in this deck. Oh, yeah. So you can be discarding stuff, getting other value, but also pay the madness cost, get more value off of it. Yeah. Yeah, no, there, that, that was one of the things I'm like, ah, there's so much graveyard recursion that should be in here, but it's not in here. That's Trek's job. Yeah, well, that. I didn't even do graveyard recursion. It's more like at, all at once. Yeah. The graveyards are... Every, yeah, it's they're an awesome graveyard recursion. Yeah, it's it's everything's back now. Yeah. 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 I no, will say good. one of the issues I had when adding cards... And I couldn't really find a good way to fix this without being, you know, cringe and just putting a ton of staples in. Um, I felt like, because there's so much exiling, your Rise of the, of the Dark Realms is only going to get back your opening seven. It's not going to get back that many cards. Because you're right, they're all going to be stuck in exile. Yeah. After a certain point, you're going <sighs> to discard, like, one card in your hand. The like, nice thing is, though, when you cast a card from exile, it still goes into the graveyard. If you cast it from exile, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. And so, I mean, hopefully not all of your cards are just getting stuck in exile the entire game. True. True. Hopefully and the cards are getting out of exile. Rise of the Dark Realms, you grab from other people's yeah. graveyards too, so. Yeah. But good. I mean, that's why in there there's a... What's his name? What's <gasps> his name? Wait a second. Should I put Portal to Phyrexia on my Brago deck? No. So I can flicker it. Never put anything in Brago. Brago's a crappy deck. It was <laughs> Urbrast the Heretic Praetor. Oh, yeah. Three and two red. He's in there already. Legendary creature, Phyrexian Praetor. Haste. Uh, he's a 4-4. At the beginning of your upkeep, exile the top card of your library. You may play it this turn. That's great. But <laughs> this helps keep uh, other people's hands lower. Uh, at the beginning of, your, of each opponent's upkeep, the next time they would draw a card this turn instead they exile the top card of their library they may play it this turn so it turns their first draw which is usually just their drawing per turn into impulsive impulsive card draw that's funny yeah and so again it, <laughs> i mean you hate this card in your nekuzar deck do hate this card uh, in my because if you have a couple effects that are like ah yeah you draw multiple cards on your upkeep not only does it change it to impulsive card draw rather than one of the first card draw one. But it changes. It's a replacement effect. I know. So instead of drawing the card, if like if it was like draw three cards, instead of drawing three cards, you impulsively draw one card. Yeah. Yeah. So yeah. It, it reduces any additional draws that could happen. Yeah. 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 So yeah, I I really <laughs> like that card. It's fun. It came out in New Capanna, which I really like that set as well. So we got some good sets recently. We did. Yeah. I mean, that helps when uh, you get 50 at a time. Yeah, I mean, yeah, we got some good sets, and we also got Baldur's Gate, so. <laughs> decent card? No, not decent reprints. <laughs> true. <laughs> the backgrounds are cool. The backgrounds, backgrounds are, are cool. Yeah, I do like backgrounds. Yeah. Anyway, 
yeah, that's all my ins and outs. Ben, how are you feeling? What are your thoughts? Uh, I'm, <laughs> I'm glad. Uh, yeah, this, this, I mean, I feel like the theme of this deck, this is totally why I did this. It's not because I'm in the middle of finals right now. Uh, uh, this deck is very much exile first, ask questions later about how you're going to pay for the cards and play them. Yeah. I feel like that's kind of how this deck worked in its creation too. I created the deck. I threw a bunch of cards up there and then Shrek's like, all right, these ones are good. These ones are good. These ones aren't. We'll leave those in exile and we'll bring in these. Uh, and like, I mean, that's how some of the that's kind of the idea of the podcast but most of the time they're a little bit more succinct this one is just like i have a lot of cards that do the same thing i don't know which ones to get rid of trek do it yeah do and it for I, me. I liked keeping a lot of them in because i do think it's funny if you exile mill yourself somehow i think it's <laughs> really funny just, yeah but would it like, count as milling though if you're not drawing the card Wait, if you have Urbrask out and you don't have a way to draw cards and you're exiled. The thing is, Urbrask doesn't replace your upkeep. Your first oh, that's, that, that's the nice thing about it. It's not a player effect. It, it's nice. Obviously, not in this rare scenario. But that's the thing. You exile and you still get to draw per turn. What? Okay, what if it did replace your draw step? Yeah. If you had a way to skip your draw step, which there are cards to do that. Yeah. And then you just impulsively card draw, could you just avoid drawing cards Did you avoid decking yourself the thing is if you're at a point where you are out of cards someone's probably playing a mill deck so they're gonna make you a deck that's true so yeah, yeah. It's still funny it is still it very is funny. funny yeah anyway yeah i just thought you know put put some i liked all the impulsive card draw like as much as you say that you just put a bunch of cards in here they do they work very well yeah. together and yeah they no. do what the deck wants to do you know what's a great card, also? Just some that we missed before, some of these Hellbent yeah. cards. Gathan Raider. <laughs> yes! Three and two red for creature human warrior. It has Hellbent. That's the first thing on there. It's a 3-3 three, three with Hellbent. Gathan's Raiders gets plus two, plus two, as long as you have no cards in hand. Yep. Yeah. And then he also has a... You can play him for more. Uh, so you pay three, and he just comes in as a 2-2 two, two that's flipped face down. And then his morph cost is discarding a card. Yep. So you discard a card, and all of a sudden you flip him back over, and then he has Hellbent. He has Hellbent. Yep. He's a, he's funny. a funny guy. Also, uh, you have uh, Nazumi Shortfang, which is one and a black for a 1-1. One, one. You pay uh, one and a black, tap him, and target opponent discards a card. Then if that player has no cards in hand, you flip him. So it's one of the old flip cards, not a transform. Where, where yeah, it's a, yeah, it's a vertical. You have to turn him upside down. Yeah. And he says, at the beginning of each opponent's upkeep, that player loses one life for each card fewer than three in their hand. <laughs> yeah, so it punishes them for having discarded their hand, yeah. which is what you're doing anyway. Yeah, it's a nasty card. It's a funny card. Yeah. And also just... The idea of flipping the cards, it's just so funny. Those yeah. like the fact that that's how they did it back in the day, it's fantastic. So funny. I love it. Yeah, if you can't tell, I built a lot of the inns around Sire of Insanity. I think it's funny. The <laughs> yeah. one that has people discard. Discard on their end step. Yeah. Yeah. That's fair. Uh another good one. Jagged Poppeth. One black and red. <laughs> Ogre Warrior. He's a three four. He's a three mana three four. Not bad. Whenever Jacob Poppet is dealt damage, discard that many cards. When Jacob Poppet deals combat damage to a player, oh hellbent, if whenever Jacob Poppet deals combat damage to a player, if you have no cards in hand, that player discards equal to the damage. 
Yep. Another way to start gaining people to discard cards. Which is great with Turgrid. Yeah. <laughs> so good. Yeah. I mean, yeah. another another actual good one. Um, uh, again, another new one. Uh, 2022 uh, <sighs> Jumpstart. Oh, Glinthorn Buccaneer. Yeah, that's a good one. Uh, he's a Minotaur port, Pirate. Pirate. Uh, he has haste. Whenever you discard a card, Glinthorn Buccaneer deals one damage to each opponent. And then you can pay one and a red, discard a card, draw a card. Yeah. Activate only uh, if Glinthorn Buccaneer is attacking. Interesting. What about what about Visions of Phyrexia? Two red red. At the beginning of your upkeep, exile the top card of your library. You can play that card this turn. But if you didn't play a card from exile this turn, which you're, you're always going to be doing, yeah. you create a power stone. So if, by any chance, you aren't casting your spells from exile, mm -hmm. you get a power stone. Which, which is mana. Cool. Yeah, which is mana. Which but you can only use it artifacts. to cast artifacts. Which There's a funky artifact from Double Masters. Um, I'm sure it was from oh, somewhere yeah. before, because that's how Double Masters work. Um, but Ensnaring Bridge. That's three colorless for an artifact. Creatures with power greater than the number of cards in your hand can attack. It's just a fun little pillow fort card. Because yep. you're not going to have any cards in your hand. So nothing can attack you unless it is zero power. So they can only deal direct damage like lightning bolt. Yep. Ah, <gasps> uh, big brain. Or they could attack you with a wall. Whoa. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I think with that, that's it. Yeah, that's yeah. That's all so, I have to say. That's all we're gonna do. Uh, if you wanted more, too bad. And I guess uh, we we should mention this more often than we do. I forget it quite a bit, but we do have an email in the description of all of our podcast episodes. I put the email, and you can it goes directly to my inbox. So please email uh, Deck Tracks if you have an idea for a deck. Please let us know if you have a deck list. Please send it over. We're more than happy to review it. Maybe make it an episode. And, uh, yeah, we'll have some fun. So, yeah, please, please email us. Yeah. All right, so, uh, obviously, we like to thank our sponsor at the end of the episode, uh, but this sponsor was discarded, so we do not have a sponsor for today's episode. Wah, wah, wah. Uh, yeah, it got discarded, so. Well, technically not. They were there, but then, because of some legal reasons, they were exiled from the company. Yeah, they were... <laughs> The country, I mean. Sorry, yeah. sorry. And we don't have enough mana to, uh, to bring, bring them back. back. Yeah, we don't have sorry. enough land, yeah. They, uh, they're in Siberia. Oh, no. They've been exiled <laughs> to Siberia. <laughs> you know what? No. Screw that. Our sponsor is Siberia. Siberia. <laughs> All of Siberia has sponsored us uh, because they love us exiling things. And that's the episode. One day we're actually going to write music for this. No. All right. <laughs>